This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back into the NBA Morning Deuce. Back like we never left, probably because we did this less than 24 hours ago. But I never left. I've been. So oh, you just been sitting in that old. spot. Yeah, I've been in. Yeah, I, I didn't leave. Yeah. Well, we're back, and um, I think before we get into the games from last night um, and some big news coming out of the NBA, if you listen to yesterday's episode. I teased a little something towards the end because I didn't have the sound ready. Um, but it was a, a Reggie Miller sound bite. And so what I'm going to do, I just want to play it off the top because I want to play it for you. The listeners, obviously, it's something I've never heard this. I've like, Basketball has been part of my life since I was, I don't know, six years old. I can't even remember when I started like playing basketball and following it. Alex, you've been a basketball fan forever. Um, Reggie Miller was calling the the Clippers game the other night, and they were talking about Paul George and how good he was. And this was one of the things Reggie Miller said. I love his pity pack. Um, I, I thought there was going to be more at the end of it. Go again, go no, again. no. That so it was so. He tried to say it a couple times. Kevin Harlan just kept... By the way, Kevin Harlan, toughest job in sports because he has to like make sense of the shit Reggie Miller's saying every game. Um, but they were like talking about Paul George, and you could hear him say pity pat under Kevin Harlan. But Kevin Harlan just kept talking. And then finally, when Kevin Harlan stopped talking, it was... I love his pity pat. <laughs> And Kevin, I wish there was a camera on. Well, I'm sure there was a camera on Kevin Harlan, but Kevin Harlan just like kind of Kevin Harlan just kind of giggling. Get past this pity pat thing. Yeah. So um, should I read the Urban Dictionary definition? I was kind enough to look it up here. Um, I guess if you want to, but like Sex just first things first, I've never heard that as a basketball no, term. Not even close. No. I, I think he's referring to like his ball handling. Yeah, but... I would assume it's his dribbling. But, or his bounce or something, but it according to Urban Dictionary is sex with one's clothes on. That's pity pat. And Urban Dictionary I love his pity pat. All right, fair enough. Okay, you know. Um. So there's that. I'm sure that is not go- that soundbite's not going away anytime soon. Nope. Um. All right, let's talk about last night's game, shall we? Uh, the Bucks are out. The Bucks are done. We as we expected. Giannis didn't play. And game five, the Heat won 103 94. Um, nice cover. Nice cover by the yeah, Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Heat cover. Um, it's probably not, I, I would say games four and five, if you're a Heat fan, it's 
probably not the way you wanted them to close this series out, especially with Giannis not playing. Like, losing last game and really never looking great in this game. Um, I don't know. They just they struggled against the non-Giannis team. Like, when they went to five shooters, they just didn't look great. And in particular, Jimmy Butler, he still looks really complacent to me. Yeah, Jimmy Butler had 17 tonight, only took six, six field goal attempts, and right. he got to the line eight times. And some of those that's fouls not, that's that he— just flat out not enough. Some, not of those, enough. some of those fouls that he got to the line on were like loose ball fouls. They weren't even on shots. So, And eight free throws is not a ton of free throws. No. So, yeah, it's like it's just something weird about it. Like, look, this is—the Heat, what we know about them is they're deep. They have a lot of really good shooters— um, and their defense when they're locked in is just absurd. It's so good. Um, and they have really tough defend. They can switch a lot of things. They have really tough, smart defenders and Spolster is obviously a great coach. What's going to be interesting to me now. And I think the last two games have been a little bit of a preview of it, but like, okay, the mentality of this team all year, since Jimmy got there and with all these got with the the roster turnover and all this, it's like no one believes in us but us. We're gonna do this. We believe we have the guys, this and that. Well now you just beat the best team in the league four one. So you're not the hunters anymore. You're the hunted. And what's it gonna be like when every team is coming at you like you're the best team in the league? And that's where I wonder how Jimmy Butler responds. Because over the last two games, he's looked not great. He's doing things in other aspects. But my thing is like this. If LeBron or Kawhi or Giannis or James Harden had three games in a series, three out of five games where they scored less than 20 points, people would crush them. You'd be like, what's wrong with what's wrong I, with these guys? I agree, but I also think if that happened, there's no shot the team wins the series in those situations too. So it's kind of like, especially with James Harden, but like it's just it is weird. I'm with you that it's weird. I'm just saying but... like he, this is the first time he's ever been out of the second round, and I think eventually, like with any championship team, your best player has to be more assertive as a scorer, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get to a point where okay, he's an all star level player. He's really good. Now he's trying to become a championship level player, and eventually it can't just be like well. Jimmy doesn't always have to score for us to win because if you look at these three games where the, he didn't score a lot of points for them, they lost one. They won one by two on a bullshit call at the end of the game. And tonight, or last night, they didn't look great. They, they won by nine, but it was not. It was closer than nine points to me against yeah. a team that didn't have the, MV, the back-to-back MVP. So I have to think Eric Spolster is telling him like dude we need more than six shots we need more than six field goal attempts and like maybe he's embracing this whole closer thing too much where it's like uh for if we're okay in the fourth quarter you know i don't have to take over but like it yeah it doesn't make any sense from like it's not going to work against the celtics it just isn't like he's going to have to be much 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 better he's got to score like he has to at the end of games tyler hero who you know what i there's one thing i know that about you and tyler hero I love his pity pat. Dude, I love his pity pat. Um, I can't get enough of his pity that pat. That kid's going to be a stud, and he already looks like a stud. I mean, he played great tonight. He only had 14 so points. Polished. It looked like He only had 14 points. It looked like he had 30. I mean, it's just like every time he touched the ball, it looked like he scored. But I'm not counting on Tyler Hero to get you to the finals. 
to get you past the Celtics. That's what Jimmy Butler's for. Ultimately, at the end of games, when you're playing against teams with elite-level talent, your elite-level talent has to be the guy. And it sounds like I'm taking away from the Heat. I'm not. What they did was amazing in this series. Because, again, like we said like we said yesterday, it's still the Bucks. It's still the team with the best record in the NBA, and they dominated them. So, mm-hmm. really— And they imposed their will even when Giannis was healthy. So Right. Yeah, that, that's well, I mean, they played better. I mean, they were— they were better when Giannis yeah, was they healthy. They were more dominant. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, everybody on the Heat looks really good. Other than, like to me, Jimmy Butler's still doing the up and down thing, and I, I just want to see. Like I would have, I would have liked when Giannis went out in Game Four for Jimmy Butler to come out the way he came out in Game One, and say, "I'm going for 30 or 40 tonight, and we're putting this shit away." Or tonight, okay, I didn't play great last game. We didn't play great last game. I'm coming out. And there's not even going to be any questions. But they came out in the first quarter and the Bucks punched them in the mouth. They just overwhelmed the Bucks. Like Chris Middleton looked tired. He looked mm-hmm. like he had enough of two games of being the man. Eric Bledsoe, by the way, one of mm-hmm. like one of the worst playoff point guards in the history of the NBA. Wow. I mean, he's horrible. He was two for twelve tonight. He's shooting like 38 percent in the playoffs. Um they, they, a lot of questions are going to surround this team going forward. But if they're not asking the question, if their owner is not looking at the GM and saying, you told me that we could replace Malcolm Brogdon with a patchwork of these veteran guys and saying, why didn't we not have Malcolm Brogdon on this team? Why are we counting on Eric Bledsoe? That's a mistake by ownership because this team was not built to make a deep run in the playoffs because they let two of their most important players walk. I don't know how much they could control what's his name going overseas, Miritich. But the GM specifically said you have to take into account Malcolm Brogdon's a really good player, but you got to take value into account. We felt like we had the pieces to replace him. They didn't. They did. No, they did not. Um, so that uh, they just. They weren't. They, they just their roster wasn't built for a deep run. No. And I, their roster is just like unimpressive, man. I mean, I they've got likely the back-to-back MVP, and it's just I don't know. Middleton is so underwhelming in this series, and a lot of that has to be the Heat's defense. But right, uh, Middleton just he took us a, a small step backwards in my mind, and in, in where I look at him in the ranks of the league. Well, he is what he is. He is your second or third best guy. He's a great scorer. Look, I mean, if you're an all-star, you better be the second best guy, right? I mean, he's got to Well, be he's your second best guy. Team. He's the second best guy on this team. Yeah, but I mean, he just he didn't step up. I don't know. I'm not saying he should have won the series. I was just underwhelmed. I mean, he did. He stepped up in game 4. He had 36. He did, yeah. But again, like this is a coaching thing and these are questions that are going to have to be answered. They, he never played he wasn't playing 40 minutes a game. He wasn't playing 45 minutes a game in the regular season. He was playing like a little over 30 minutes a game. Now all of a sudden he's got to play 40, 45 minutes to, for them to even have a chance. And like I said, by the third quarter, every shot he took looked short and I'm sure he wasn't totally gassed, but I'm sure it had to do with it. Hmm. And again, Eric Bledsoe, just what a, what a, what a fraud that guy is. Just not just terrible. Second year in a row, he's atrocious in the, in the playoffs. It's horrible. Uh, but last year, they had pieces that could at least get them to the conference finals. 
you know, there's a lot of questions. One question is that's been answered. Giannis said after the game that he's not going to request a trade. So I guess they at least have Giannis for one more year. And then there's rumors. There's rumors that they might make a run at Chris Paul. So we'll see. I like that a lot. We were texting back and forth about that, and it just makes a ton of sense um, because you have to assume that Giannis is not going to re-up on a long-term deal. I think the chances of that are very small. So if you're the Bucks, like, go for it. Um, you know, take on Chris Paul's – Chris Paul is, a, like, a big contract right now. He has a couple years left on that thing, right? He has one year. Well, he has uh, two years left, but the the last year's a player option. So, yes, two years because he's not going to yeah. – He's not going to opt out. I mean, of the point I'm million. making is, yeah, you take on an older Chris Paul who clearly still has something left in the tank, some a lot left in the tank, um, and you see what you can do next year. Like it's uh, to me, next year is your chips are all in if you're the Bucks. So mm-hmm. make the trade. Do whatever. Oh yeah, it takes. I mean, if if Chris Paul can play next year like he played this year, um, then sure, I think they can win the East with Chris Paul with this with a similar roster with Chris Paul. Um, they still need more shooters around Giannis. Um, shooters who can create their own shot too, not just catch and shoot guys. Like what I think hurt them a lot in this series was they've built a team around them that is all shooters and Giannis. And when Giannis couldn't be a playmaker, then those shooters couldn't get looks. Yep. They need guys who can make plays and get their own shots. Um, also, shout out to Marvin Williams. He retired after the game. Um, oh, I missed that. That's awesome. I like Marvin Williams. I mean, what a what a turnaround, right? Like he was drafted first overall ahead of Chris Paul, Darren Williams in that draft, and he looked like he was going to be one of the all time busts. And I guess for a first pick, he was a bust yeah. in that regard, right? He was the second pick in that. Or draft. second pick, second so, pick, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he, but he ended really up having a, like a bust ended up having a 15 year career. I was with him for a year in Charlotte, really hard worker, transformed his game because he was supposed to be a wing player and he turned, transformed himself into a stretch four. So good for him. 15 years. He had a good run. Um, but yeah, the heat, as far as the heat, look, we're going to talk way more about the books the rest of the off season. I don't even want to get too deep into what they need to do because the rumors are going to start coming out and things are going to change every day. We'll see what happens with bud. Cause that's going to keep getting fired up if he's going to be there. Um, but as far as the heat go, I just feel like if Jimmy Butler can play like he did in game one and game three offensively, this team can, this team can win a championship. If he's, playing like he did the last two games, I don't think they can because there has to be that guy. Teams that don't have at least a guy who's going to be a threat to give you 30 every night, I just don't think they're winning championships. Because if he played if he played like he, like again, like you said, like if he played like he did the last two games against the Celtics, they ain't getting it done. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised to hear you say that they are a team that could potentially win a championship this year. Yeah, I'm Every team that's left can win a championship at this point. I I I'm not with you there. I I I'm surprised to hear you say that. And obviously they could win a championship, but they have, I, they have an elite defense. Be... They have an elite defense and they're one yeah. of the best three-point shooting teams 
So you're never out of it when you can shoot the ball like they do, and they play great defense. The one thing that they need, they need that guy, and it's got to be Jimmy. It's got to be. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad the series is over. Um, it was after the Giannis injury. It was just a total bummer, but I can't tell you how excited I am for for these Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I'm glad Miami's there. I th- we think it's I mean, going to be I know, the Celtics. I know how excited you are. I got a growth spurt, but it's it's going horizontal. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's exact. That's the only way to put it. Um, it's going vertical on me <laughs> or horizontal. Well, it depends yeah. if you're standing or sitting. Yeah, or laying. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, whatever. Anyways. I can't wait for this. Uh, and I just did not think the heat were this good. Maybe. And that's why maybe I'm hesitant to say they're a team with like legit title hopes right now. Um, well, here's the thing. Look so good. Yeah. But I mean, I think the thing is, is that any team in the East has a shot right now. I mean, either of these, I think the heat or the Celtics could win the East. And if you make it to the finals, you can win a title. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody thought the Raptors were going to beat the Warriors, but then they had two injuries. So they won a title. True. Very so true. anything's possible. If you just get, they realistically like Boston's really good, but we've seen Boston have lulls, and they are still a r- pretty young team. The Heat have scrappy like veteran guys. They can they can win the they can beat Boston. I mean that's gonna be a good series. Right. And by the way, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna get into some front office stuff towards the end. I got a little. I got some things yeah, on my mind. Not gonna want to miss that. But He's also, fired up. you just have to like shout out what the Heat in a year, like the turnaround on this roster. I mean, they basically turned Hassan Whiteside and Josh Richardson into Meyer and Justice Winslow into Myers Leonard, or excuse me, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Myers Leonard, Jay Crowder, and Andre Godala. I mean, holy shit. And then they go out and I mean, and then look at the other pieces on there. They draft so well with hero talent evaluation, all that. Well, they didn't, draft Duncan none. Robinson they didn't draft out none, of nowhere. None was none was a G League guy, but yeah, just the uh, the ability to go get him and Duncan Robinson too, an undrafted free agent. Heroes, great Bam and Hero, both guys that were l- like late lottery, which is generally where you don't not where you find franchise type players. So yeah, no, un- unbelievable. Like probably top two or three, just in terms of talent evaluation and just running an organization in the league for right now. They got to be. Yeah. Um, all right. Lakers, Rockets. Um, Lakers end up winning 110-102. I mean, Rajon Rondo, 12 points, five assists in the fourth quarter. He hit two threes. He made three in the game. He finished with 21-9. and nine. I mean, and if he didn't do it, Rockets probably can win this game. Probably win this game. Like, yeah, he played... If I told you before the game that Rajon Rondo takes the third most shots for the Lakers, you're thinking, "What? This is a blowout?" And he, like, he yeah, took I don't a even bunch know what's in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't even know what I think at that point. It's so weird, but it's awesome. I love Rajon Rondo. I've always been a big fan of his. You're pretty rare even in that. Bigger fan after he clocked Chris Paul. That was amazing. But uh, yeah, where did that come from? Like we've been talking. You've been really hammering the Lakers in terms of you know they need. They need bench scoring. They need somebody to step up. And I don't think either of us had Rondo as the guy um, that was basically going to win a game for them. I mean, he did didn't you win. See the three LeBron he James made. played incredible. Anthony Davis did what he does. But they needed him. They did, needed those 21 points. Do you see the three that he made that was like 
it was like a step back fall away three on the he it was like a it was like a corner three but he there was a closeout and the, i think the clock was running down and he stepped back mm-hmm. and made a it was like what's happening right now he went three for five from three point range i know and it looked good like his shot looked good I know. his follow-through looked good like it looked like he couldn't shoot which he obviously can't <laughs> on do a you see this basis. as a you know something that continues no. or is no this way. a flash in the pan game for well, him i mean that would just be an awesome awesome story well, first of all 21 points is not it's not going to be consistent it's never been it's just not his him I just mean in terms of he plays 30 minutes and was absolutely fantastic. He was really good last game, too. He, he didn't have 21 and 9, but he was really good. Um, that would be such a cool storyline. And LeBron, I mean, steps up and. Yeah, and LeBron and AD, look, 36 f- for LeBron. He's. I, we're so quick, especially in, as NBA fans, just people in general, to want to, f- like, crown someone as the next i do it too like i've said a few times that that Kawhi might be the best player in the nba i i, I don't think there's even a question just watch, watching lebron there's no one better than him no there's no one better than him completely ridiculous it's like uh I, I was reminded today that he is the most playoff minutes in nba history and he's still like the most explosive guy on the court like his body is like made of a different material than other people the guy's 35 years old and like, like when Kobe Bryant would dunk at 35 years old, people would be like, oh shit, like Kobe dunked. You know what I mean? Yeah. LeBron is, he's the best player on the floor still. It, it's like he's completely timeless. And you're right. We breezed past it. We started talking about Rajon Rondo when LeBron at 35 years old scores 36 and was just in control the whole game. Yeah. Um, AD got his. My concern with this now with this series is obviously with the Rockets is that the Harden Russ experiment is starting to implode a little bit because they had 63 tonight combined and the team only had 102 points. They only took 33s, which is uncharacteristic of them. Yep. Um, I I, just hate Russell Westbrook with 24 shots. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think that after last game, after the last few games where he's looked so bad, he came out trying to assert himself to score and be more involved, and it impacted the way the rest of the offense looked. And they only scored 102 points. It's like it's not like the Lakers scored a 120, 130. 112's not a ton in today's NBA, but the Rockets only scored 102, and those guys combined for 63. To me, I just... This is not the time if you're the Rockets to pivot from this uh, wild experiment that you're running. Like keep chucking 53 pointers a game yeah. and see if it works. I don't understand where this game yeah. plan came from. And maybe what maybe Russ went completely rogue and is like and also, I'm taking 24 shots tonight. And also maybe double team LeBron. I don't know. Like do that for sure. But and yeah. do and do do a better job of keeping him out of the paint because they just didn't tonight. It's uncharacteristically of them in the playoffs, their defense against LeBron in particular is just not very good. But it, uh, but, think, but that's kind of what ahead. happens, right? Like LeBron and AD, they're two top five players in the NBA. Eventually, they're going to impose their will on you, right? Mm-hmm. Or you think? Yeah, I just don't. That to me, that shouldn't affect uh, what the Rockets do on the offensive end in terms of shot selection. I just don't um, understand it. Well, I mean, if the if the if the Lakers are getting in the paint and scoring easier buckets, then the Rockets have less chance to get out and run in transition because they 
they thrive off missed shots and turnovers. Mm-hmm. So that hurts. I mean, that does impact their offense because a lot of they were one of the faster paced teams in the league this year. So getting out and running and getting easier buckets and getting open shots and transition that that hurts when you're allowing LeBron and AD to do whatever they want in the paint. So that does impact yeah. them. But I, I agree with you. The Russ, the 24 shots by Russ is just a mess. It's just too much. Uh, Eric I Gordon we, only we got to point out that uh, Robert Covington injury. That yeah. sucks because it's not like just the way the Rockets play and how explosive they are. I mean, this series is absolutely by no means over with. But if they don't have Rocco for the rest of the series, and, and I don't know what the word well, is we on don't the injury, know, but yeah. it was ugly. Well, we don't know exactly what it even was. I just know he was bleeding from his face. But was yeah. it his nose? Was it like, like where did he get cut? I, I didn't see that. I still yeah. haven't seen it. It was an ugly point. play, and it would really suck if he misses time. Because this is this is just a fun series. And, uh, but he's been, I, I and want... he's been great for them in the playoffs. Great. Yeah, he's been excellent. Um, yeah, that would. I mean, Jeff Green's been really good, but just from a depth, just depth wise too, they just don't have a ton of, de- like, guys that can, that are as uh, versatile defensively as him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No one. No one's saying exactly. What. Oh, are you looking at it now? Yeah. I. It was just so ugly. Anthony Davis got banged up. I was worried he may have, yeah. like... Anthony Davis has always been soft, though. <laughs> that yeah. was a shot. Um, Robert Covington was moving uh, at absolute full speed. Dan Tony uh, said he got hit good in the nose. He's bleeding pretty good, but no real update. So we'll see. I mean, I'd be yeah. shocked if he didn't play, even if he has a broken nose. I'll put a mask on that thing and get yeah, back out get there. Mask. But, yeah... Um, that's a tough one. That's a that's a deflating loss, I think, for the Rockets. And it's yeah. it's sort of going the way we anticipated. Ro- I yeah. mean, at least what I what I thought. Rockets won the first game. Lakers squeak out the second game. Now they win by ten. Probably and it seems like it's trending towards them closing it out pretty quickly. Anthony Davis is shooting sixty five percent from the field. Like I know after all that, PJ Tucker talk. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not even PJ Tucker's still tough as hell. Like it's oh, not yeah. even like he's no. playing bad defense. It's just this He's Anthony Davis, man. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what this is for all the issues that the Lakers roster has, which it does have flaws. This is why you have two top five players in the NBA. Because mm-hmm. that overcomes everything, generally speaking. We'll see how it turns out against the Clippers, assuming they make it there. But to get you to that point to be able to compete for a championship, having these two guys is it's what you need. Yep. Um, all right, let's look at uh, let's do the picks for tonight real quick because I want to talk about Billy Donovan. Um, oh, yeah. We both actually, so you're 16 and 22 now. We both covered. We both we won both our bets last night. I'm 25 and 13. Uh, Raptors Celtics Celtics minus three. Even that's wild. That series started out with the Raptors. Favored by I think two points, maybe one and a half, and swung. I'm gonna go Celtics. Full. Yeah, me too. I'm going Celtics minus three. Um, yeah. Um, gonna be a great game, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's that. That's one of those super unpredictable. Who knows? Um, like I said, under normal circumstances, I would pick the Celtics in a in a landslide because they'd be in Boston for this game, but the bubble mm. changes everything. 
you had a car crash out there? Something, yeah, something? did it get that get picked up? Somebody slammed in the brakes. Out I there. heard something. I don't know if it got picked up. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, but I'm gonna go Celtics to close it out. Uh, Clippers, Nuggets. I actually I have one more thing sound I want to play just because I love Mike. I really like Michael Malone and I'm glad that they turned it around because I was scared he was gonna lose his job if they lost in the first round. But I don't know if you saw after last game, Pat Beverly was talking about Jokic. What he said. I missed it. No. So they asked him about Jokic and he said he's kind of similar to Luca. You know, he flails around so much he makes the referees have to make tough decisions. And okay. then this was Mike Malone's response. Uh, oh, here you go. Well, I mean, I don't listen to Patrick Beverly a whole lot. If Kawhi Leonard was talking, maybe I might listen to it. You know, Kawhi's a great player. Um, but all you got to do is look at the stat sheet. Uh, Zubas attempted more free throws than Nicole Jokic. They shot 26 free throws. We shot 10. So I'm not really sure what, what game Patrick is talking about or looking at. But, you know, I, I really don't you know, warrant and give too much attention to that. Clippers minus seven and a half. I'm taking them. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. I'm glad you got to love to play for um, a guy like that. Like, yeah. how could you not get fired up when your coach just says, uh, you know what? Shut up, Patrick Beverly. Yeah. But wait, are you taking the Nuggets then? Or no, the I'm Clippers? taking the Clippers. I'm taking the Clippers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Minus seven and uh, a half. I'm taking the Clippers. I think both of these series are on their way to being over rather quickly. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that, that, that being the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. And, and the then gets what they want. I've been waiting all season for this uh, Clippers-Lakers showdown. Who hasn't? Um, all right, let's talk about the big news from yesterday real quick. We get some time. Um, Billy Donovan is no longer the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. The sides mutually not to pursue an extension, which we we were sort of bouncing around what that means to two of us. Like, was it um, Billy Donovan said, I don't want to be here for the rebuild that's coming, so I'm out? Was it... Um, Billy Donovan's lost four years in a row in the first round in the playoffs. So Sam Presti went to him and said, hey, your contract's up. We're going to let you walk. And we'll just say we parted ways. We won't say that we let you go. Who knows? I mean, that'll come out. Um, but before I get into like my thoughts on that situation, Kevin O'Connor said has said that Billy Donovan's name has been floated around for the past month as a potential Philly head coach. And Sam Amick of the athletic is also reporting that he's going to be a candidate. So thoughts from you on Billy Donovan as I, a potential coach of the six. I love, I love that. I've loved him ever since he was, uh, he won back-to-back championships at Florida. Um, I just think he's the type of personality, the type of coach that, you know, doesn't allow superstars to run the team, you know, and by all accounts, that's kind of went wrong with Brett Brown is that uh, there was no oh, accountability yeah. for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, so that, that whoever the coach is for the Sixers, that's the biggest challenge is to make sure, you know, this is a team that the coach runs and, and not the players. And I see Billy Donovan as a guy that um, kind of instills that culture. And, uh, and we'll see. I, if that hire was announced, I'd be thrilled as a Sixers fan. Yeah. Um, I've been sort of up and down about Billy D as a coach since he got to the NBA. Um, I think great defensive coach. I think he's a, he's good with the X's and O's. I questioned for a long time, like his rotations 
especially when back when they had Kevin Durant and Russ. But I also see like the what he did with Katie and Russ working in Philly, where he would start Katie and Russ and then alternate them every six minutes. Um, because I could see that working with Ben Simmons and Embiid, because you know my thoughts on them playing together. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be an interesting hire. Um, but I just want to talk about, and I'm going to sort of go off a little bit on this whole of him leaving and them not, just the thunder in general and just sort of Sam Presti and just the trend that I've seen for a long time in the NBA that really bugs me. So Billy Donovan has won over 60% of his games. Um, he has a sub 500 record in the playoffs, but it's pretty much been a revolving door in, in OKC since he got there, that roster. He had KD that first year. KD chooses to leave the organization after being a game away from the finals. They, in that same offseason, they trade Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. They get bounced in the first round. They flip those guys for Paul George. They get bounced in the first round. They get mellow. The rest of the roster is trash. They lose in the first round. They trade both those guys. They get this roster. They way out exceed expectations, right? Billy Donovan's done about as good as I think you could do with what he's been handed in OKC. And I think the idea that he would walk away from a job because of a potential rebuild um, to go anywhere right now that's available because all the teams that are available right now are a mess also. So you're sort of rebuilding no matter where you go is an indictment on that organization. And I think Sam Presti has been sort of this golden boy of a GM for a really long time in the league. And I think he is cashing checks off of four draft picks he made over a decade ago. Sam Presti drafted Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Serge Ibaka. Starting in 2007 into 2009, over a decade ago, they accomplished nothing. They went to the finals, and he traded James Harden. He traded James Harden. He chose Serge Ibaka over James Harden. Then he, and he chose Russell Westbrook over James Harden. Both mistakes. They finally get within a game of a championship, and Kevin Durant looks around and says, they're never going to put the, the pieces around me to win a championship here. I'm leaving because I have a better chance of winning a championship elsewhere. To win in the league, and I've said this a few times to you, there's three aspects of building a team that you need. Great drafting. And by all accounts, Sam Presti is a pretty good drafter, although he sort of hit home runs on some no-brainers over a decade ago. Since then, meh. Steven Adams is probably his best draft pick since then. Who's who he gave $100 million to. Not great. But he's lost almost every trade he's made. And I'll actually run down some of them. Because it started before Harden. He traded Eric Bledsoe on draft night for a pick that he packaged with Jeff Green to the Celtics to get Kendrick Perkins. Failure. 
because if you look at that roster, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, and Serge Ibaka, how's that team not winning a championship if you keep them together and you build it? Then he trades James Harden after they go to the finals instead of paying him for Jeremy Lamb, Kevin Martin, and a first pick that and a first round pick that became Steven Adams. Lose that trade. Trade Serge Ibaka to the Magic for Oladipo and Sabonis. That didn't really work out. They moved those guys for Paul George, who was good for them. They didn't win shit. And then they traded Paul George and Russ and got a gang of first-round picks. Where everyone's saying he's a genius for getting a bunch of first-round picks. For what? So that they can continue to be average? I'm trying to figure out why he is such a good GM when he had a championship. He had what should have been one of the best teams in NBA history. If he could have kept that team together... There may not have even been Warriors. That team should have won multiple championships. It's going to go down as one of the biggest failures in NBA history. And he is sort of a microcosm of a situa- of a problem I see in the league is that GMs get this in- incredible leash to just tinker with rosters for years and years and years while coaches come and go. And Billy Donovan didn't get fired, but we don't know what the whole story is there. And I'm going to tell you, Billy Donovan, who knows what he could have accomplished with a good roster, but we'll never know because the roster kept changing. Just like, hey, Brett Brown got a a decent amount of leash, but he never really got more than one year with what the full capability was in Philly. Mike Budenholzer might get fired, but they traded away arguably the second best player, or they let the second best player on the Bucks walk. There's rumors that Terry Stotts could be out in Portland. They gutted a roster that went to the Western Conference Finals. Alvin Gentry gets fired in New Orleans after one year where the roster was completely turned over. Coaches get the blame for all of the success and failure. And these front off these executives are horrible. What are they doing? And Sam Presti, to me, is one of the most overrated GMs in all of sports. He just is. I, I don't get he he was he nailed the Kevin Durant pick. Congratulations. Everyone in the NBA was taking Kevin Durant there. He nailed Russell Westbrook and Harden and Serge. And then he blew every other decision he's made. He's every other decision he's made has led to them being a team that's good enough to lose in the first round. I just don't get it. And there's a lot of GMs around the league that are doing the same thing. And the coaches are the ones that are being affected by it. They're not getting chances to coach teams that have continuity. That's why the Heat are such a great organization. Talent evaluation, making the right moves, and trusting their coach to develop their team. And there's a few teams, there's a few places like it, but not many. And it's it's a bad trend. I don't understand why these why these executives get the the leash that they get. That's 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 how I feel about Billy Donovan leaving OKC. I'm close to a tear in my eye there, Joey. That's a hell of a hell of a yarn. Um, and it's spot on. It's I, I, I'm swayed. I was squarely on the fence in terms of Sam Presti as of about nine o'clock. Uh, but you painted a pretty damning picture there. <laughs> it's, 
it's pretty bad. Um, to play devil's advocate, and I'm not going to get too defensive here, but you got to look at the market, Oklahoma City. I don't buy that. Um, I don't buy it. There's a lot of small market teams that win games. There's How many big markets are there? At least five or six. I don't know. Okay. I just, like... San Antonio is not a big he market. He can't force Kevin Durant to stay. Is the is the point? And but I understand then, yeah, that. But if Kevin, the, the James but, Harden, but with the Kevin Durant thing, they were a game away from the finals. Yes, they blew a three-one lead. They were one game away from going back to the finals, and he left. If Kevin Durant believed that the organization had what it took to put a team around him to win a championship, he's not leaving Oklahoma City. He didn't leave to go live in Oakland. He, he left to join a team that could win a championship. He just lost. Yeah, that could exactly. win a championship. Yeah. You can build a consistently a, a team that can consistently get out of the first round playoffs. But you have to make the right decisions. He hasn't. He he drafted well for a little while, but other than that, his decisions have, have led them to being a mediocre team. So it's hard. I mean, Billy Donovan did everything he could. Did everything he could, I think, with what he was given. I'm a Personal. Billy Donovan fan, yeah. And if if um, you know Presty walked in there and said, you know, we're you don't have a job, we're not extending you, and then they painted a picture as a mutual split, then that's not right at all. Um, because Billy Donovan, I think, is a fantastic coach to lead a rebuild, and I mean they have an absolute war chest of picks coming up. That that'll be. I mean, he can't get leashed beyond that if he doesn't knock all those picks out of the park and have this team competing. Um, well, he's been for there for he's been there for four years. For, he's been there. He'll be going on his 14th year as their GM. Yeah, and they're always competitive, and that's what owners like. You know? Are so they I, competitive in terms of winning game in eighty in an eighty two game season to get people to go to the stadium? Yeah, just being good enough isn't good enough when you had potentially one of the best teams in NBA history, and you blew yeah, it. I totally you blew it. Like it. That's how, how many think... how many executives make it through. What do we now know? They they had three of the last five MVPs on their roster at one time. And two of them have left and been more successful after leaving. James Harden's been to the Western Conference Finals the same amount of times as the Thunder have since he left. He's been out of the first round more times than the Thunder have since he left. That in and of itself should be a reason why Sam Presti is a failure as a GM in, in Oklahoma City. Because he had yeah. him, and he chose a bunch yeah. of other players over him. But he still right. gets I'm, the leash to... I'm saying he still gets the, the owner leash. doesn't really care about that metric, then that's why Sam Presti has a job. I, I, I'm, I'm not like advocating for him to get fired. I'm just saying that... He's way overrated, yeah. I've, he's overrated, been, and coaches in general don't get the same leash, but the GMs clearly don't know what they're doing or are not right. very good at their jobs. Like Presti's probably better than a lot, probably better than a lot of GMs because keeping them competitive in the maneuvers that he's made and getting through things are fine. But some of the decisions he's made have been so, so, so astoundingly bad that I just look at it and I'm like, how are you supposed to ever, as a coach, build the right type of continuity to win. And it happens all over the league. Yeah. They're, they're a, a different example, but it just happens everywhere. Coaches get a year or two to try to figure things out. GMs get 15 years. Yeah. 
not right. <laughs> and also, if you keep firing your coaches because they're not the right coaches, maybe you're not the GM who should be hiring the coaches. And that's not Sam Presti because he's only had two coaches. I'm just saying in general, in, in other places. Like if you can't, if you constantly can't find the right, maybe it's the roster that you put together and not the coaches. Yeah. So that's just, I keep seeing these coaches lose their jobs or gone. And it's just frustrating because they just don't get a chance. They don't get a chance. I think after all that, I, I think I want Billy Donovan as a Sixers coach even more now. Yeah. Let's see what happens. That's a good takeaway. This is the longest episode we've ever done, but you said you have a rant too. So I want you to do yours. You have you have thirty uh, yeah. you have thirty seconds to do your rant. Thirty seconds, okay. This issue is equally as important as Joey's. Uh, I just really want to talk about Kelly Olenek's beard, um, and that's being generous, calling it a beard. Uh, I mean, that's like it's just wisps of hair. It's a collection of wisps, is what it is, and it doesn't look good. It's objectively ugly. Um, there's no possible way any human on earth can find that attractive, and it annoys the shit out of me. And Kelly Olenek. You got to shave it. Hey, you know what? I think that's a good way to end the episode. I hope my rant made sense. Because <laughs> yours made more sense in a lot shorter amount of time. Yours <laughs> yours absolutely made sense. I couldn't agree more. My scope was narrower. My scope was more narrow. Nobody that looks like Kelly Olenek sh- with that beard should have the confidence that Kelly Olenek was playing with in game five. Um, all right. We'll see you tomorrow. Later.